This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The Money Pit is presented by Sense and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're here to help you with your home improvement projects, your decor dilemmas, whatever's on your to-do list. Give us a call right now. We'll help you get that job done. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Well, this spring, millions of Americans will be putting their house on the market, but most of them are not even going to think about how they move all their stuff until after their house sells, which actually is too late to make a smart decision. So we're going to have some tips this hour to help you save time, hassle, and cash. And have you ever noticed a crack in a wall or your foundation and wondered if it's something that you should be worrying about? Or not? Well, Tom Silva from This Old House is stopping by with tips on how to know if a crack is something that needs attention or just a normal part of your home that's settling in. And you might think that you're done with all that spring cleaning, but your home actually might be dirtier than you think. We'll share the areas most often missed by even the most thorough cleaners, including some that can actually become health hazards. But first, we want to know what you are working on this spring season. Everybody is gearing up towards Memorial Day, and it's still early in the springtime of year. So what can we help you with? What are you working on? I know I'm about to do a big project in my yard. You can tell all my allergies are kicking in, which is why I sound like this. <laughs> this is what happens when you're digging in your yard for a week at a time. You end up sounding like this from all the pollen. So what can we do to help you? Give us a call. We want to lend you a hand. The number is one eight 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 money pit Plus, if you do give us a call, we've got copies of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, going out to five listeners who call or post their question to help you get a start on those spring projects. Give us a call right now. That number again, 888 Three nine seven four. Leslie, who's first? Charles in Ohio is on the line and is dealing with some dogs that like to just eat away at the yard. What's going on? I was wondering if there's an economical way to fix my problem having in my backyard. I have a fence that's square shaped in the back of my yard, out the back of the house. I have two dogs and they like to run from one side of the house to the other, leaving a mud path, hardened big path from one side of the house to the other, and I'm looking for a way to fix that that would be easy on my pocketbook. Okay, so can we control the dogs so that they won't wear <laughs> it out again if we restore the the, the lawn? No. The dogs, uh, they um, anytime they see anything come across in front of our house, they like to run from one side to the other. So without chaining them up, which defeats the purpose of our fence, we like to let them run free. You know, a couple of things come to mind, one of which is that the kind of grass that you have there, you know, I was thinking, Leslie, that something like a zoysia grass might be a little bit tougher. Well, I mean, it is very, very durable. Now, the other thing I was thinking, is this directly in the front of your house or is it on the side of your house? 
the fence is in the back of the house, so basically it's a big smiley face from the left side of the house to the right side because they run around the, uh, my deck. I was going to say, if there's if there's a way to make like a slate pathway or, you know, some sort of stone that obviously would change the look of the yard itself, but would give you an area that's not going to be constantly scratched away at. That sounds very feasible. And that's not difficult to do. You can completely create a pathway using, you know, some edger or you can get, you know, remnants of slate at any sort of stone yard. I mean, you can think about a ton of different ways to do it. Pavers. You can pick a price point and stick to it. That sounds great. Will the dogs, um, because I put stone back there, stay off of that and create a new path or will that not affect the dogs at all? I don't think so. I think the dogs want to run against that fence, so they'll probably try to get as close to it as possible. That sounds great. I sure do appreciate it. I'll look into some stonework then that, uh, where I can make a smiley face going back to my house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charles. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Dawn in Florida, who appears to be a texture junkie looking to retexture a ceiling. Dawn, I think this is a first. How can we help you? My house is about a year and a half old, and when they texture the ceiling, it's a light orange peel. Same thing they did on the walls. They said it would be easier and more economical to do that than to try to do a slick coat on my ceiling. I don't think that's true now, a year and a half later into it, but I noticed that you can still see the mud marks. Well, I've been doing a lot of research on painting, and they have all this Venetian plaster and all these different techniques, and I forgot to wondering if I could do it on a ceiling, the same wall technique on a ceiling. What does the ceiling look like right now? How like how deep is the texture that you have? Very light. It is a very light orange peel, but you can still see the tape and the mudding. Um, late at night, I look up there and I'm like, I can still see the lines where the drywall goes together. So you can definitely see it raised. I'm concerned that even if you do put the Venetian plaster kind of paint on that, that it might not be thick enough. Because if you can see the tape and the mud, it means that the ceiling was never properly spackled. And if it wasn't properly spackled, you're likely to see that through no matter what you do. Well, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should hire somebody to come in and just redo my ceilings? It's not a very big house. It's actually an ICF construction house. It's got uh, solid concrete walls with rebar. And so it's very solidly built. And I, you know, I went through a lot of trouble to have it done, so Hurricane couldn't blow me away. But I wanted to look good on the inside as well. ICF stands for Insulated Concrete Forms, for those in our audience that uh, have never heard that term used. And it's a tremendous way to build a house because it is hurricane-proof. Literally, all the things that get thrown around in a hurricane uh, you know, will not pierce the outside of the house. You'd be surprised how uh, quick a 2 by 4 could be jammed right through a building that's made with uh, wood siding or even vinyl siding. Uh, could be even worse. And the ceiling uh, itself, if it wasn't completely spackled, I'm concerned that if you put anything on top of that, it's it's going to show through. So I would uh, suggest then what you might want to do is to sand, have somebody come in and sand those areas that are not properly spackled, do a good job uh, spackling them, and then lightly sand the whole thing, put a good coat of primer over it, and then... Because you, this is a repair, it's not going to be as smooth as if it wasn't a repair. So then you could use a, a plastered paint, a Venetian plaster or a textured paint as a final step. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, I think we're on the same page, and I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call at 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor, where it's easy to find top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. Go to HomeAdvisor.com. And just ahead, are you thinking of selling your home this spring? Have you planned how you'll move all your stuff? 
Smart homeowners think about selling and moving at the same time. We're going to share tips on how to do just that in today's Pro Project, presented by HomeAdvisor.com, next. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. That is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on? Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Mental note, Leslie, if you're going to do some concrete work around your house, this weekend I decided that I was going to form, actually say a little bit last week, so that I would form a curb alongside of a paver walkway because the edges were starting to sag in a little bit and I want something super solid, you know, so that wouldn't happen. So I formed it up. I mean, I used chalk lines and stakes and two-by-fours, and it dug it out and put some gravel in the bottom of the curbed area, and it looked perfect. I said, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm going to pour this sucker. Well, then we got an inch and a half rain overnight. Oh, no. and I had to do it the whole thing all over again as soon as that rain stopped. So if you've had a project go awry, we feel your pain. Give us a call right now, and we'll help get you out of that jam. The number is one Money Pit. Rich in Illinois needs some help with a painting project. Tell us what you're working on. I'm working on a house that I've been living in since 1988. And the um, bottom four sections of my steel siding keep peeling. Um, it's a, like a 30-foot-long piece. Each piece is like eight inches wide. It has a wood grain pattern on it. It looks like it's been stamped. And uh, every two years I approach this project. Um, first time I took a wire brush to it and knocked all the loose off and primed it. And two years later, I was doing it again. And uh, every year, I try a different method. I tried a wire wheel on a drill. Last year, I took an air compressor and a hose and and a drill and a wire wheel and went down to the bare metal and went to the um, paint store. And uh, they gave me some primer and some paint. And uh, it seemed like everything I try, I wash it with paint thinner sometimes before I do it. Sometimes I just use soap and water. Um, I always make sure it's a nice dry day, about 80 degrees when I paint it, and it seems to always come back about every two to three years. I know it should be replaced, but I kind of like the styling, but it, it's steel, and it's the company is no longer uh, in business now, and so the warranty is up on it. Well, and you know, there's different qualities of steel, so even if it had a rust-resistant finish on it, it could have just worn off, and I wonder if whatever process they use is what's causing the 
the, the, the paint to not stick. When you prime it, are you using an oil-based primer or using an alkyd primer? Both. I, I've, I've used both. Um, I don't know if it's it's the primer that I use or if it's... I've even went down to no paint at all and just the galvanized showing. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what... It, I don't know if it's a primer or, or what I'm using to wash the siding with that's causing it or it's the paint. Um I tried, I tried like four or five different kinds of paint on this in primer. What I would do, I mean, if I was priming it, and you may have done this already, but what I would do is I would use same manufacturer's primer and paint. So, for example, I don't think you can go wrong with Rust-Oleum. You know, that's pretty much you know, one of the best metal paints at all. I would use the red Rust-Oleum primer, the oil-based primer. And I would let it thoroughly dry after you knock off all the loose paint and sand it and make sure a surface ready to accept it. But I would use the oil-based Rust-Oleum primer, which, by the way, takes like forever to dry. I mean, depends on the weather, but three or four or five hours is not unusual. And then I would use the Rust-Oleum top coat, again, oil-based. And I rarely recommend oil-based, but in this situation, I think that's what's going to give you the best adhesion. Now, Rich, there's one other piece of advice that we could offer you on this, and it, it comes from a process that's very it's all, that's done very often when people work on cars. There's a product called Prepsol, P-R-E-P-S-O-L, and it's a solvent that's designed to be applied to bare metal before the primer. You might want to look that up. As a, I don't know what you said. You're using solvent. I don't know if you're just using mineral salt, mineral, mineral spirits, something like that. But this is specifically made for it. Just Google it. It's called Prepsol, P-R-E-P-S-O-L, and it's a cleaning solvent. Okay. Do I apply it with a brush or a rag? You or? apply it with a rag. You use a, like a clean cloth, and you apply it. You soak it in with the cloth. Yeah, I'll try that. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, millions of Americans are putting their house on the market this spring season, but most of them won't even think about how they'll move all their stuff until after they sell their house, which kind of is too late to make a smart decision. So to help, we've got a few tips to save time, hassle, and cash. Now, first, contrary to popular practice, the best time to start planning your move is as soon as you decide to sell your home. Some of the stuff you'll do to prepare a home for sale can actually help with the moving process. Chores like sprucing up and cleaning out the closets and the basements or the attics provide plenty of time to purge and organize as you go, meaning there's going to be a lot less to do once your home is under contract. Now, there are a number of factors that can impact that plan to move, and that's including the distance to your new home. Now, a local move could totally be a do-it-yourself job, while a long-distance move definitely means screening and selecting a professional moving company to help you with that. So you've got to be prepared to compare written estimates, ask for recent referrals, and confirm their mover credentials. Unfortunately, you know, this is one area where bad contractors thrive, and some will even threaten to hold your things hostage until the bill is paid. I mean, you hear about this more often than you don't hear about it. And it's kind of a scary thing because truly, some person you just met is literally driving away with everything you own in one truck. Yeah, look, moving any amount of stuff, more than a few carloads, is not a DIY project. So you want to be sure to choose your pro very carefully, including reading rear reviews from consumers who have used the movers in the past and sites like HomeAdvisor.com to make sure you and your stuff arrive on time, undamaged, and on budget. Joyce in Missouri is on the line with a floor finishing question. How can we help you? I do have a question about my hardwood. Um, it's the old 
solid hardwood from that was put down back in the 50s. I love it, and I refinished it, oh, probably about 15 to 17 years ago. And with the time and traffic, the top is wearing now, and I need to sand it down and resurface it. And when I did it then, I used gem steel, but I want to know what would be the best products that would be long-term lasting and something that would be user-friendly for an individual. Okay, so first of all, in terms of the sanding it down part, does the floor have any really severe wear, or is it just the finish that's worn? Just the finish. So you don't have to sand it down all the way. What you can do is uh, you can basically just uh, lightly sand the surface. Uh, there is a machine called a U-Sand machine, which is like a, an abrasive disc sander that you can rent at a home center or a hardware store. It has like four abrasive discs in it. It does have like a vacuum system built in, so it doesn't leave dust all over the place, but it won't wear down the wood too much. It'll just sort of take that top layer of finish off and get it ready to be refinished. Because with hardwood floors, you don't want to sand them completely down if you don't have to, because that takes many years off their life when you take all that finish off down the raw wood. It's really not necessary. And then after you sand it, then you can apply an oil-based polyurethane. So not not uh, water-based, but oil-based. Not acrylic-based, but oil-based. And you're going to apply that with what's called a lamb's wool applicator. It's kind of like a mop. And you dip into a paint tray, you apply it in a very smooth, even coats. Start on one end, work your way out the door, and then leave for a good four or five, six hours, depending on the weather. Okay. Okay, with the windows open. Yeah, yeah. If it's a nice dry day and the windows are open, that's that's the best thing. But just remember, whatever it says for drying time on the can, at least double it because it tends to be a bit sticky for a while. Okay, so an oil-based polyurethane and a lamb's wool applicator. Yep, and then with a light sanding before you start the whole thing, okay? Sounds wonderful. Thank you so very much, and y'all have a wonderful day. Thanks, Joyce. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit you know we get more questions on floors than any other topic on this program well and they you know occupy a large portion of your home they and do. there's always something to do with and they them. take a lot of abuse so that's probably they, why people need to fix them all the time <laughs> now i've got doug in virginia on the line with a siding question how can we help you yes i got uh, my son's house has some vinyl siding on it and uh, the folks that owned it before he did uh we're patching something with some of the spray foam insulation, uh, the crack filler stuff, and it oozed out all over the siding. So I know I can go back and cut it loose, cut what's extra stuff, but when I get down close to the vinyl, what can I clean the residue off with to make it clean without damaging the vinyl? It's very difficult because you get those those um, foams are usually polyurethane and they have real adhesive qualities to it, really real adhesive. So um, what you can do is try to gently scrape it off with uh, a putty knife, but make sure you want use an older one is better because it won't be quite so sharp. And very carefully do that. And then I've all, I've stripped off uh, some some uh, foam errant foam with WD forty as the solvent. So you might want to try that with a Scotch pad because Scotch pad is not abrasive. But you could spray the siding with the WD-40 and then work the scotch pad back and forth. You may find that you uh, pull off some of that some of that residue. It really depends on, you know, what kind of foam it is. But you're right. Once it's dried, cut as much of it off and then try to abrade the rest of it off. But do so with a mind not to damage the siding. Okay. Well, I'll give it a try. WD-40. Yep. Try it. 
It's one of the thousand uses for that stuff. <laughs> you know, they say the only you only need two things in your toolkit, WD-40 <laughs> and duct tape. They're pretty close. Then I can go over the whole back of the house with WD-40 to, to revitalize well, I wouldn't, the vinyl. I, if, it's, if it's the whole back of the house, I mean, you're talking about spot cleaning, okay, but if it's the whole back of the house, then I, I think you've got a bigger problem. I think you're looking at new siding. But would I get an oily spot? when I use the WD-40 that would look different than you the rest will. of it. You will, but soap and water will take it away. I guess that'll take, yeah. That's why it's good for only like a little spot. All right, thanks a lot. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Cracks in your foundation might be nothing major to worry about, or they could be a sign of a bigger problem. So how do you know the difference? We'll tell you in just a bit. You live in a Money Pit. Hey guys, did you know Americans take in about 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? Well, they do. And in fact, according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air. Plus, this time of year, we've also got to deal with all of those allergens. I can't tell you how many times I go outside to find my my car covered with pollen. Oh, no, your car's not yellow. (laughs) That's why we are so proud to partner with Air Doctor, an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacterias and viruses. Yep, and it really, really works. I actually gave an Air Doctor unit to my daughter. She had just moved into a high-rise building, and her apartment was a little stuffy and had some remnants of the old tenants in there in terms of the odor she was smelling. And so we set up Air Doctor, and a day later, you couldn't detect an odor in that house except for the fresh air. So it really, really works well. And Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners, and it's a big one. That's right. Just head over to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to Money Pit listeners, you're also going to receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Rumblestone. Create a paver patio or walkway, garden retaining wall, grill enclosure, fire pit, or even an outdoor kitchen with Rumblestone from Pavestone. For project ideas and how-to videos, visit pavestone.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We'd love to hear from you about what you're working on this beautiful spring weekend. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 money pit presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Never worry about overpaying for a job. Use HomeAdvisor's True Cost Guide to see what others paid for similar projects. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. And if you pick up the phone and give us a call right now, we'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat because we're giving away five copies of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. Margaret in Arkansas is on the line with a tiling question. What can we do for you? I've got a big imagination. I was hoping that there was a product out there that would equal it. I've got an old floor (laughs) (laughs) that I was hoping that I could maybe fill the cracks 
and the little places it's chipped out, and then refinish the whole floor to where it looked like new. Yeah, that's. I would not pursue that because you know what? First of all, the reason it cracked is probably because the subfloor wasn't properly installed or is weakened for some reason because tiles don't bend. And if they're cracking, that means that the floor is weak underneath. So except for the occasional odd repair when you're just fixing like one one or two broken tile, it's not the kind of thing that you want to invest any time in whatsoever. So the best thing is just to take it up? or You can either take it up or you could actually put a new floor on top of that if you don't want it to be tile. You could, for example, install um, um, laminate floor on top of that, which goes down in interlocking pieces. And then that sort of floats on top of the tile. It's not physically attached. It just sort of stays in place by its own weight. It's really beautiful and very durable stuff and, and not too expensive. Certainly a lot less expensive than redoing the tile floor. Okay. Laminate is what it's called. Laminate. It's called laminate floor. There's lots and lots of different types out there. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, Margaret. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, something that you might not be aware of is that movement is all around you. It's your house. Now, you might not realize this, but your home is always expanding and contracting with temperature changes and settling. And that movement can result in cracks to your foundation. But how do you know if a crack is serious or just the result of some normal house movement? For that, we turn to Tom Silva, the general contractor on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. So I'm sure just about every home has its share of cracks, right? It sure does, because the house is always moving, as Leslie says. And there are a lot of weight reasons that that happens? There are a lot of reasons that it happens. Wind, number one. But in the ground, it's expansion and contraction from different times of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a cold area, you're going to get expansion from the ice. And in the winter, it's on a relax, so the pressure on the wall is going to push back. And you get more structural issues like poor drainage. You get a lot of water around the foundation. Absolutely. That's why you want to relieve that pressure so the ice doesn't form and less chance of pushing against the wall. So if we see these cracks, how do we determine if it's a minor sort of insignificant crack or one that really requires some attention? A small hairline crack is pretty common, and that can usually happen in the pouring of the wall, the setting with the sun there's too much sun it could set up a little bit too quick and it's really not an issue but if you get a crack that's wide or getting wider or if you're unsure what i like to do is take a pencil or a sharpie and draw a line across the crack and then go through a season and see if it has dropped the line that's really smart Mm. and that tells you that there's been some settling underneath there may be some organic matter got underneath the backfill process and has rotted away. Like a tree stump or something like that? Yeah, Mm -hmm. or poor drainage, or maybe water getting underneath, washing some silt away, and it's going to cause it to settle. Another type of foundation crack is a horizontal crack, and lots of times you see that in a block foundation where there's too much pressure against the wall. And those are ones that would really concern me because the wall is actually bowing in. Mm, It's actually displaced. Right. So right. too much pressure may be from the backfill when the foundation was poured back in or from the weight of the structure above. What would cause or that also pressure? also the freezing thawing outside because of the poor drainage. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of issues there. So you get a lot of water in that soil, and that uh, water is going to expand that soil and push on the wall, and it sort of ratchets it over the years, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. worse every year. doesn't go back. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't go back. When it expands out, and in the summertime when it dries, the soil falls back in, fills the little void from the vibrations of airplanes and trucks and wind and everything else. Then it freezes. Now you have a little more bite to push it out a little more. So it's only going to get worse. So when you get that level of sort of structural crack, that might be a good time to call in an expert like a structural engineer, correct? Structural engineer is the best way to go right there. He's going to tell you how to fix and solve that problem. And he doesn't do the job himself. So that's sort of like a good, non-biased opinion of yeah, what needs yeah. to be done. I, you're going to pay this guy to tell you how to fix the problem. And then you're going to hire somebody that's going to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And follow his advice. Absolutely, to the T. And I always think it's a good idea to have the engineer come back later and kind of sign off on the project because that sort of becomes a pedigree. says it was done right. If I have an engineer come on site to do anything in the house, right. if he said we have to do something, he then comes back and said, yeah, it's okay. You've done it right. Good advice. Now, if you have a minor crack and one that you do want to tackle yourself, how would you approach that? First thing I would do is I would open that crack up. I'd take a half-inch chisel, and I would go down the crack and make it wider, and I'd make sure that the sides are flat. You don't want to have it V-shaped. That way you can put your cement or your mortar in that joint, and it will have something to go against. You can't just take hydraulic cement and lay it on the crack. Right. It will only dry off and fall off. It needs to be between two walls to work correctly. Now that's a good point, and it's somewhat counterintuitive because... People that see a crack don't think the first thing they want to do is make, make it, it bigger. bigger. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you have to do. And you have to make it bigger and you have to make it flat on both sides. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer, what would you say is probably the best, most foolproof material to use? If you're going to do it yourself, you're going to chisel a groove, you're going to make sure you have flat surfaces, and you can use a hydraulic cement if it has two surfaces to go against. Now, good advice. And speaking of being a DIYer, what's the biggest mistake you've seen homeowners make with foundation repairs? Caulking. Yeah. Thinking caulking solves it all, right? Caulking will solve it all, yeah. Latex caulking. You know, silicone. Silicone is the worst thing you can have because silicone doesn't stick to a porous surface. That's great advice. Tom Silva, the contractor from TV's This Old House, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Always a pleasure. Nice to be here, guys. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by GMC Trucks and SUVs. And just ahead, spring cleaning leaves your house looking great, but just how clean is it really? We'll have tips on where to find germs that are hiding in plain sight after this. Drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy, so having a steady supply of safe, clean water is critical. But according to research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why we're thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. AquaTrue's proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs, nitrate, and many more. In fact, you know, when I compare AquaTrue with my old water filter, I can definitely taste the difference. AquaTrue saves you money, too. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, and they have water purifiers to fit every type of home. 
Aquatrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any Aquatrue purifier. Just go to Aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any Aquatrue water purifier when you go to Aquatrue.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at one 888 Pit. 888 Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor. You can find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online all for free. Got the garden started this weekend, Leslie. You were talking about working outside. That's what we did. We got the garden started. Oh, my goodness. You can tell I've been working outside. I'm telling you, Tom, <laughs> like my allergies this season, I was not prepared for what just digging. I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of work in my yard and to try to save some money, I'm pulling out a lot, a lot of the of stuff, shrubs yeah. and the landscaping myself. It's a downright mess and I cannot stop coughing and sneezing. And this is why I sound like, you know, <laughs> I'm not even sure what I sound like. You earned that. Hey, have you been working outside, taking on some home improvement projects, some yard projects like Leslie, who was digging her yard or me i was planting a garden try to get those jersey tomatoes planted early so we have the big juicy ones when the summer comes around oh for the right in the middle of summer oh yeah exactly but whatever you're working on give us a call right now we'd love to help you take on that project 188 money pit now we've got diane from rhode island on the line with a basement issue what is going on at your money pit hi i have a house it was built in 1945 and in my basement the cement walls and it looks like once upon a time they were painted white and the bottom half of the walls, which are below the ground level, it crumbles and it leaves a lot of sediment. And I can see through to the like big pe- things of pebbles in the wall. So the reason that the bottom half of the wall is deteriorating is probably because of moisture. What are these walls made out of? Are they made out of concrete or concrete block or cinder block? Um, concrete. There's no block. There's no block. It's concrete. All right, so I think what's happening here is you're getting water that's leaking um, through the lower half of the walls, and you're probably getting efflorescence. You could be getting some spalling, depending on the temperatures, that could be causing some of the wall to freeze and then basically chip off pieces of the concrete. So what I would do in this case is I would start by trying to reduce the amount of moisture that's collecting in that wall by addressing the drainage conditions right outside of it. Generally speaking, this is caused by one of two things, or more commonly a combination of the angle of the soil at the foundation perimeter. If it's too flat, if it's sloped into the house, if there's any kind of like uh, landscaping tile ties or brick edges or, or too much mulch, any of those conditions that are holding water around the foundation is a bad thing. And more importantly, the gutter system. Make sure you have gutters, that the gutters are extended at least four to six feet from the house. If you can keep that perimeter of your house drier, um, this problem will definitely stabilize. Okay, thank you very much. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, spring cleaning can make your house look great, and it can actually lift your mood too, but could your house still be dirtier than you think? Well, it could be. There are several places that most homeowners don't think to clean. And if you overlook some of these spots for too long, they can actually become health hazards. For example, let's talk about all those paddle fans that we're probably starting to use right now, especially on those warm days. 
the top of the ceiling fan not only gets dirty, it sends dust and dirt and germs flying every time you flip it on. So you want to get up on a ladder and clean the top of those blades with every seasonal cleaning. Yeah. Now, another germ magnet, and this always grosses me out. Anytime my kids are sick, I'm telling you, I've got a good trick for this. I'm talking about stair banisters and doorknobs, as well as knobs on cabinets and drawers. Now, these things get dirty and super germy really fast. And I'm telling you, when my kids are sick, I take those bleach wipes and I put one on each hand and I just walk up and down the stairs and I touch all the cabinets. I just keep switching them out (laughs) and I just wipe every single surface because those things truly get so dirty so fast. You want to avoid waiting until people are sick. Just give them a quick wipe every week or two with that cleaning spray or hot soapy water. And don't forget about the top of your refrigerator. You know, kitchen grease, dirt, grime, it gathers up there and that can lead to germs, even fungus. You can see mold and mildew grow up there. So keep the top of your fridge clean. It's especially important if you're storing food up there. I know I do, so you must be. And here's something you may not be thinking about. You know those reusable cloth grocery bags? They're great for the environment, but they could be bad for your health if you don't keep them clean. I mean, think about it. They touch everything from shopping carts to raw fruit and meat, and they do need a good wash after every use. So toss them in the laundry. It's very, very simple to keep them clean and keep them from spreading germs around your house. Terry in Mississippi is on the line looking for some help to get rid of termites. Tell us what's going on. Yes. Uh, I'd like to know what kind of spray should I get for termite? Well, it's, termite treatment is not a do-it-yourself project because termites really need to be professionally treated because of where they live. They live deep in the soil, Terry. And so to treat them effectively, a termiticide has to be applied to the soil in a continuous bond all the way around your house. And what happens with the modern termiticides is they're undetectable. So the termites don't know it's in the soil. They pass through it. They get it on their bodies. And then they go back to the nests and pass it all to all their termite friends. And that wipes out the entire nest. So it's not really a do-it-yourself project. I would uh, talk to uh, some exterminators and maybe ask specifically about a product called Termidor, T-E-R-M-I-D-O-R. Good product. It's been around for a long time. I used it in my own house. And uh, it's an undetectable termiticide that's very effective and lasts for many years. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, imagine you've got to repaint a room that was covered with the worst color combination possible. Well, we're going to share the step-by-step to tackle that challenge next. You live in a Money Pit. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Pit is presented by Greenworks Power Tools. Make life easier with battery power. Optimal performance without the cost and frustration of gas. Save time and money with battery-powered Greenworks Tools. Visit GreenworksTools.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by for your calls, your questions about your home improvement projects, your remodeling projects, your decor challenges. The number is 188 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. 
You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of HomeAdvisor's top-rated pros for free. And don't forget, while you're online, be sure to post any questions that you've got to the Money Pits community page. Now, Terry in California writes, I want to repaint an interior room. The existing color is a vibrant purple and pink. Well, obviously, we know why she wants to repaint it. <laughs> uh, you know what? Everything 80s is coming back, so maybe if she waits a couple of weeks... It'll be back again, and she'll want those colors. But let's see here. She wants to know the best way to prep the walls for the least amount of coats to cover such bright colors. Well, prep-wise, I mean, you just want to make sure they're clean. So I would use a a TSP solution and wash everything down to get all the dirt and the grime and the grease and anything that's on there off. A little trick of the trade for that. You can use a floor mop, a new floor mop, by the way, um, and make sure you wring it out because sometimes when you use them on the floor, they're pretty watery. But you could sort of wring it out a lot and use that to kind of wash the walls instead of having to kind of, you know, use your arms to get that sponge over every square foot. A sponge mop is a lot easier way to do that. Now, in terms of those colors, the secret is this. It's in the primer, right? You're going to want to prime those walls. And you want to make sure if the finish is any color other than white, which is sort of the default color for primer, that you have the paint store tint the primer. So if it's yellow or fuchsia or what's the Pantone color of the year? Purple? (laughs) Wasn't it like a a blue denim? I mean, whatever color it is, tint the primer, tint the primer, because see, that gives you both the the priming purpose, which of course is to sort of give you a good surface for the upper layers of paint to stick to. That covers that. But if you tint it, it also covers all those colors underneath. So always remember, tint the primer when you have a challenge like that. It'll have to be a alkyd-based or water-based primer, which is fine because they're great today because most paint stores are not tinting oil-based products anymore. All right. Next up, Josh is wondering, at what temperature should I set my attic power vent fan to keep my attic cool? I live in a hot, humid climate where temperatures are often in the 90s and the roof gets full exposure to the sun throughout the day. So it's got to be a gajillion degrees up there. I bet it is, but you know what? Well, those power vents, those attic fans that are motorized seem like a good idea. They generally turn on between 90 and 110 degrees, by the way. That's the setting, but if they're not the best choice for cooling attics. Here's why. If you have central air conditioning, when that fan kicks on, it tends to depressurize that attic space. So it pulls all the air, the hot air out of the attic. Good, but it doesn't stop there. It's going to reach down through all the cracks and crevices and the space around wires and pipes and between walls, and it's going to start sucking the air conditioning out of your house at the same time. So it can actually drive up your cooling costs, which is what you're trying to avoid in the first place. So a better option is what's called a continuous ridge and soffit vent. It's a vent that goes down the peak of the roof and at the undersides of the soffits so that when warm air blows over the house, it tends to draw out of the attic at the ridge and it'll push in at the soffit and carry up all that heat and moisture and humidity out with it. So it's a much better system for keeping a cool attic than that powered attic ventilator. Yeah. And you know, it's good for use year round because if you have insulation in your attic, which you should, and in the heating season, it'll keep the moisture outside of the insulation and it'll actually help keep your house warmer. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. We hope we've given you some tips and ideas on how you can enjoy the season and take on the projects that you'd like to get done around your house. Remember, you can reach us 24-7 at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. If we're not in the studio, we'll call you back the next time we are. Or you can post your question to the community page at moneypit.com. But for now, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.